Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate so you never, ever have to work a job again. Today, I'm super pumped to bring on an expert who's going to share with us how he bought his first property with commercial loans and now has Airbnb. He also has multiple single-family residences that are long-term as well as crushing it in this real estate investing business. He's going to share with us how he did it and how you can do it as well. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's up, guys? I am even more super pumped to have you on the show today because there is some news I got to give you. So I've been doing this podcast for a little while, and I think I started like 2017 or something like that, started doing this podcast, and I thought, well, I could do interviews, I could interview a lot of people, I knew a lot of people, and I thought I could interview, but then I could also do a show where I just give away free content. I just literally teach you how to invest in real estate, and I'm glad I stuck with this way, or at least it seems like it's working out well, because we just hit a million downloads And I'm super pumped. Like, we just released one episode a week. And I'll be completely honest, I never thought we would even reach 10 downloads versus a million downloads. I am so blessed. And honestly, it's because of every single one of you. The more that you guys listen to it, the more iTunes and Spotify and all the the companies send it out to more people and say, hey, this is a popular um, show. But on top of that, you guys going and leaving reviews. I am so excited. And when I... I don't really read a lot of the reviews. I read. I don't read the one stars because they kind of make me feel bad. <laughs> but the five stars, it's so much fun because you guys, I get so many uh, people saying, man, I started investing or I bought my first house hack or I did this and I did that because of the show, which is, it's literally the gratitude. So I am so happy that you are actually listening and you're helping us to get to 1 million episode downloads. And I am super glad to have you here with me. And I want to celebrate with you with these 1 million downloads because you're a part of this. This is fantastic. And I'm going to give you literally something that I charge, but literally give it away for free. And so I usually give away my free real estate investing course. You could still get that. But just for a couple weeks, I'm going to give away my one minute green light deal analyzer for all of you who are listening to this one millionth episode. Like imagine you go to a store and you're the one millionth customer. In fact, I was just watching Psych and there was one episode, you know, reruns of Psych. It's a funny, funny TV show. Anyways, it was a one millionth customer, Sean, a little kid. He actually gets the one millionth customer uh, you know, surprise, and he got one like a new bike and a bunch of candy bars and all that good stuff. Well, because you're listening to the episode, you're the one millionth download listener. No, more than likely, you're past that now, but we hit a million, and I want to celebrate with you. I want to give you my one minute green light deal analyzer that literally people pay me for right now. And so it's a $450 value. And I'll, on top of that, I literally give you three other bonuses on top of that. So you get the deal analyzer to all my students use, shows you like literally green light how to act actually do things, gives you bonuses, um, how to buy your first property, like literally a walkthrough guide, how to get your private money, a template, how to get private money, and even a home buying walkthrough. I'm going to give you all these bonuses on top of that, but I'm going to literally give it to you for free. I charge money for my site. When you go to the site, you're going to see it. So go to the link in the description. It's the greenlightdealanalyzer.com, but I'll put the link in the description. And on top of that, if you use the promo code 1 million, so one 
and with three zeros and then three zeros again or six zeros total. And so you got one million, no commas or anything, one zero 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 zero. I think that's six zeros. And then put that in there and I'll literally give it to you for free. I just want to see everybody really just literally get started. Start analyzing properties and start getting your business going because right now is literally the best time to start investing in real estate. But I am super blessed that we reached 1 million downloads. I mean, that's super fun. And now, like right now, like the podcast is getting more and more people downloading it. I think I know what it is. Honestly, it is that right now is the best time to start investing in real estate. I kid you not. I am so excited for this time. Again, I always have to say this. I'm not excited for people to lose their jobs and lose their houses. I'm not excited for that. But I've been preparing since 2008. So in 2006, I started investing in real estate. But then in 2008, the crash happened. Praise the Lord, I was still making money in passive income because that's what I invest for is passive income. And with that passive income, I made money whether the market went up, down, or sideways. The value might have dropped on those properties, which is fine because I don't care. I'm making passive income. Now the values are like triple what they were when it crashed. And it's so awesome that now my rents are up. But I'll be telling you like straight out, I thought back in 2008 that we didn't crash hard enough because the Fed, our government, started just printing money, started inflating our dollar, and we're seeing the inflation problems right now. And you know, the last, I don't know, a few episodes, six episodes or so, I've been putting out the recession series, like teaching you how to invest in recession because I went through that and I made so much more money when there was a reception, reception, recession. And with that, I found out that, my goodness, if you're prepared, Number one, if you have the knowledge, if you have learned how to invest. Number two, if you've already built the business, like if you already know where to buy, how to buy, you already have the people in place to run the business for you. Number three, you already have people who want to invest for you, with you, sorry, rather. They want to invest with you. They want to give you money. I have so many people that want to give me money to invest. And so I have like literally a laundry list of investors. In fact, I'm going to be even calling up all those investors and say, hey, you want to invest your money with me. I have a deal. It's a syndication deal where we all are going to pull our money together, buy this huge apartment complex and make a lot of money together. So that's what I'm working on, on top of buying single family homes. You know, I, I love single family homes. It's like, no brainer. I could do it in my sleep. I've done it so many times and I've coached so many people, which is just a blessing to have. Now I'm moving on to syndications as well. And so I would like to see you get started because right now is the absolute best time to learn, to build your business, to get people that want to give you money for financing, to actually start your business and buy your first property. I'll kid you not, I have so many, actually, I'm going to be bringing on a few people on the show sometime in the near future where they went to RubeCon and started investing from Rubecom, which was in March. I'm currently recording this in August. And with that, they have literally, like one student in particular, has literally bought four properties from March to August in 2022, when prices are crazy high and he's making a lot of money in passive income. I have, this is like, this is not an isolated incident. I have other students that are gonna be coming on the show as well, and people that went to RubeCon, the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. I really want you to be there, pausing that. I want you to be there, go to rubecon.com and get your ticket. Get 10% off your ticket, use the word pro, 
Pro podcast. Use the word podcast as the code in order to get 10% off. But I have people that attended RubeCon and they started their syndication. They attended RubeCon and bought their first like five properties. In fact, I just had another person reach out to me and say, Dustin, I went to RubeCon and I knew I wanted to quit my job. I have literally just quit my job. And I'm like, wow, this is so exciting. I got to bring you on the show. All that to say, I, it seems like the reason why Master Passive Income is becoming more popular is because we are seeing the best time ever to invest in real estate, but that's only if you are prepared financially, with education, with your business setup, and that's something that we all need to do right now. I, I'm so excited to buy lots and lots of properties, and I'm excited to then also connect with other investors to show them how to do it. I am super pumped that in 2020, I met a friend and we went skiing and we were on a big ski trip with a bunch of other people because I do online business. He does online business as well. We got to know each other and he said, Dustin, I want to invest in real estate. I'm like, oh, that's great. Let me help you out. And so we talked a lot as well as I was on his podcast teaching how to do it. And he's a go-getter too. And he literally did it. And I want to say like in maybe a year, I think he's accumulated and he's going to say it on the show. I kind of forgot it off the top of my head. So I'm kind of going on the fly here, but I think he's gotten like four to six properties already. And he's continually building his business. And the awesome thing is for his first property, he used commercial loans, not a conventional loan, not cash. He actually went to a bank and said, I have a business. I want to buy a property that makes me money and I want to use a business loan. I don't want to have it to be attached to my personal credit. I literally want it to only be attached to my business. And he did it. He's going to share with us how he did it. This is this is a fantastic gentleman. He is so, and like literally he's only 24 years old. When I first met him, he was 22. And now he's, well, he's been successfully unemployed for, I don't know, two or three years now. He is phenomenal. So if you're going to learn anything, this guy is definitely going to be sharing a lot of insights. He is a phenomenal businessman as well as investor as well. And again, I want to say thank you so much for helping Master Passive Income get to over a million downloads. It's just so amazing at how many people we can help to change their life. And you guys remember my goal is literally to create a million investors, a million people that are financially independent, helping them to become financially independent because it's so much better, life is so much better when you're not working that debt and J-O-B. It's gonna be so much better for you if you get there sooner rather than later. And that's why I have all this stuff. I just wanna give it all out. So now that we are on the road to... 2 million, hopefully, podcast episodes, but thank you so much for making it 1 million. Now, let's jump into today's show where I interview an expert. He is the host of the podcast, The Fi Show, or the Financial Independence Show podcast, as well as he is a fantastic business owner. He has multiple streams of income and is a fantastic investor. I have Cody Berman from The Fi Show on with me talking about how you can do exactly what he did. All right, let's start the show. Cody, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you, Dustin. I have been super excited just to catch up and talk real estate with you. Oh man, it's it's been great seeing your business just grow and grow and grow. Because I know when we first met, you were talking about investing and you had either, yeah, you did start, actually started investing, uh, buying your first property, but now it's grown so much. So 
I want everybody to know more about you, though. So talk to us about Cody. I know you have a podcast. You ha- you teach people how to also use Etsy and how to make money on Etsy, which I think is just awesome having a side hustle like that or even having it your full-time thing. You're a real estate investor. So talk to us about your backstory and where you came from and where you are now. Yeah, so I actually did get started, like you said, in the digital product space. And I think that's the cool parallel you can draw between real estate and digital products is they both have an element of passiveness to them. And so for me, I got started with digital products. I was creating printables and selling them on Etsy, on Shopify, on WooCommerce. And it was like the coolest thing ever. Like I would wake up, I'd have notifications on my phone. I would be making money well, literally while I was sleeping. And, you know, as time progressed and I kept, I know you mentioned my podcast, The Five Show, as I kept hearing these stories and interviewing different people who had retired from real estate, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm already doing this digital products thing. I'm already making passive income in this way. Let me give real estate a shot. Like there's people that are retiring in two years from real estate, five years, 10 years, you name it, the craziest stories. And I'm like, what do I have to lose? Maybe I'll lose a bunch of money on one property. I'll never have to do it again. Or I could, you know, get a home run deal. And then I get addicted. And then that's kind of what happened. So yeah, I started investing in early 2020 in real estate. And since then, it's just been a steady climb of mostly acquiring long-term rental properties. Just recently started getting into Airbnbs. Actually, just just as of this week, started a new co-hosting agreement with someone. So I've been kind of dipping my toes in all the real estate waters. Also syndications too. So yeah, I've just been trying to get my, you know, get my hands dirty in as many real estate pots as I can. And see what I like, see what I don't. And you also lend, like you've been also lending to other investors. That's true. As, I almost forgot as about almost that. like the bank. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're literally doing all of it, which is fantastic because there are so many different types of, and strategies to do this investing thing. And if you find something that you, that you're really good at, that you like doing, and I want to pause for a quick second and share that. Honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that accomplish that 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, Hey, you know, check out Dustin master passive income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate, get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find the area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job, I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. Definitely stick with that. But then once you have like the, like my bread and butter is residential, four units and below, and I could do that in my sleep. I literally don't even need to think and I do that. At the same time, there's so many other great things like let's say storage complexes or multifamily or Airbnb or midterm. That's like, you know, traveling nurses and things like that. But there are so many different things in this real estate investing realm that if you are, if you really just put your mind towards it, you can actually learn how to do it because it's been done before. So what was the first property that you got into? Because when, when you and I first met, it was the beginning of 2020, right before COVID happened. We were on a skiing trip, which is super awesome. And then we were talking about you were going to be, you had lent money and now you're going to start buying. So talk to us about that first property getting in there and then maybe a little bit of the numbers on, on how you played that out to make sure you're making a passive income or what the exit strategy was. 
Yeah. So great question. And oh man, that was a whirlwind. I remember when we did that, that have that conversation and you and a bunch of other people actually on that ski trip were investing in real estate. So definitely an inspiration. I definitely, you know, from the episode we had with you on my podcast, definitely took a lot of out of, out of your playbook. But for me, so we went into this first property thinking we were just going to do a house act. We were going to get a FHA loan, 3.5% down. We ended up touring like probably 20 properties. We, we found, you know, you know, this is obviously a really shortened version of like how long and arduous the process is. I'm like scouring the MLS every single day. I'm trying to get like wholesalers and off-market deals. But, you know, long story short, we end up probably touring 15 to 20 properties. We put an offer in on this amazing property that we saw. It was like turnkey basically it was the worst listing pictures you've ever seen like this person must have had i don't even know a piece of paper over their phone camera it was honestly terrible but we went and saw it because then it just looked fantastic it was a three unit it was a split level duplex on top three one each and then there was a little basement unit with one 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 bed one bath so we went and checked it out and just fell in love with it We're like this is perfect it maybe needs a little bit of paint in some areas but let's just go for it so i ended up actually putting in an offer 25k over asking and you know we'd already lost a couple other offers before so i was really hungry for this deal and i ran the numbers and i'm like even if you know this thing depreciates by or not depreciates even if this thing like loses fifty thousand dollars in value like it's it's still going to cash flow even if the rental market tanks by 25 percent. like we're still going to make money with this thing so we end up buying that property i'm all ready to go and about halfway through the loan process, I don't know, it was kind of the middle of COVID and things were changing in the loan market. And my loan officer goes, oh, hey, Cody, I didn't quite realize that this is self-employment income. I thought it was W-2 income. I'm like, well, didn't you like look at my papers? Guess not. And he's like, since this doesn't have a two-year seasoning period, I think I was 23 or 24 at the time. So I just recently quit my job. He's like, we can't count any of this income. So I'm like, oh, perfect. So now I have absolutely zero qualifying income. Basically, I, I was a little bit, but not enough to afford any type of property. So ended up having to actually go to the commercial route, ended up getting a commercial loan, buying that first property with 20% down instead of the 3.5% down that I thought I was going to get, but it is a happy ending. So I'll, I'll bring you through that. So we bought the property for 235K. And when we first bought it, we rented out the three one and the other three one together that brought in $2,300. So even like just with those units rented out and we were living in that basement unit, it's almost 1% rule. Like if we had 500 extra dollars in monthly cash flow, that's 1% rule. You know, even though we did end up putting a little bit more of a down payment than we wanted to, it was like almost cash flowing from day one, which was fantastic. And, you know, fast forward, you could stop me at any time here. We end up moving out of that property just for honestly selfish reasons because we want to be closer to friends and family and this was about an hour away which doesn't sound like a big deal it's the probably the most first world problem you're ever here that we didn't want to be an hour away from our friends but so we ended up moving out of that property and then one of our tenants also left at the same time and at that point we went from 2300 in gross revenue with that property to 3400 so that thing just started cash flowing like crazy absolute beast so yeah that is basically wow. our first property in a nutshell dustin and so everybody, I want you to take this and understand what Cody did. So Cody is an entrepreneur and what entrepreneurs do, well, as investors, what we do is we solve problems. There's a problem that gets in our way. We figure out how to get around that problem, get through it, get over it, whatever it might be. And most people would say, oh no, I can't get a load and literally just give up. No, Cody, you didn't do that. In fact, you went to the commercial route, which is much harder, or at least it's not as easy as a regular conventional financing loan. And so- I do want to jump into that commercial loan. Like what 
was the process because it's really it's not the easiest thing and it's different terms different interest rates and all that sort of stuff what makes you think think hey i should go try to get a commercial loan i can actually buy this and then move out like talk to us about that thought process and now with that passive income coming in now your mortgage is much much less than 3400 bucks yeah. So unfortunately, I knew that a lot of these traditional lenders, they weren't going to qualify my income either. It wasn't like just this one lender was being a dick to me or something and he wouldn't qualify my income. It, that was just like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So I didn't have many options and I was on, quite honestly scrambling. And I'm like, okay, we're already under contract. We need to close this in like probably within the next 45 days or this seller might pull out. Who knows? It's, it was a really hot market. It still is in that area. As one would when scrambling, we reached out to a commercial lender. I think we actually got introduced through a mutual friend, got, get them all of our paperwork. And they're like, you're killing it on paper, man. Like luckily in the commercial space, for those who haven't delved in yet, there's a lot more gray space than there is in the residential space. Like a lot of the residential stuff is very black and white. Like if I, for example, had one year and 360 days of income, not 365, like God forbid, that wouldn't count. And that's just because it's so black and white when it comes to those huge lending organizations. But with the commercial lender, they can you know, operate in the gray area more. They can maybe count some income that wouldn't count with a traditional lender. So that really saved me because now I was able to qualify a lot of the income that I've been making over the past year and change, even though it didn't have the two-year seasoning period. And you know, it's not as favorable in terms of um, in terms of the terms, it doesn't, not the best sentence there, but you get what I mean. So it ended up being 4% and then it's an arm after five years. I think it's, I think it's only 25 bips over the federal funds rate though. It's, it's pretty low, although it's, you know, it's obviously more risky. Our plan is at year five. So we bought that in 2020. So in 2025, we're hoping rates will depress a bit more than their current levels. They're at like high fives, low sixes right now. And then we can just refi out of that commercial loan arm into either another commercial loan, a long-term loan or a residential loan. So yeah, that was kind of the that, whole process, but yeah. <laughs> with that, you could, you have many options because number one, you have the property under contract. And when you're looking, going into it, I think you're thinking, okay, I, this roadblock happened. How can I get around that? And you went to the commercial route, which is fantastic. Now, a lot of people would think, well, do I have to have an established business? And possibly, yes. Yeah. So how did you go around that with this new lender and saying, you know, I want to get a commercial loan. Did you actually have to use one of your established businesses that you already had? Did you, could you start a brand new business? How did that commercial route go? Because usually with commercial loans, they want the property being the business name. How did that work out? So I'm trying to think of the exact name of the document, but basically, oh, personal guarantee. That's what it was. So I give a personal guarantee. So basically like all of my businesses are guaranteeing that this loan is going to be paid. I, it wasn't just like the new LLC I opened last year. They didn't want to take that kind of risk because again, I was, I was 23 years old. I had just, you know, I, I was doing pretty well as an entrepreneur, but I didn't have the longevity that they wanted to see. So signed a personal guarantee and that's ultimately what made them feel okay with the loan. That's fantastic. And obviously if you bought in 2020, the value is probably maybe even double from when you first bought it just because of yeah. how the market's just changed. Um, on top of that, you have rents, but then you have this passive income that's coming in that you're saving. So now how, how big is your portfolio now? And also let us know where you're investing. So that first property was in central Connecticut and we actually ended up getting the next property 0.2 miles away from that one. It was a distressed seller. They had seen that we had bought the property and somehow we got connected through their seller's agent. They reached out. We ended up negotiating hard with these guys because they wanted to get rid of it so bad. I ended up getting a duplex, you know, depending on your area of the country, this is, this number might sound ridiculous. We bought a duplex for 170 K in okay condition. It wasn't in pristine condition, but 
I mean, that thing was just cash flowing like crazy from the start. So that was the next property we bought. Again, that was 0.2 miles away. We bought a, another property 0.4 miles away from that one. We have this little hub kind of down in Connecticut. Now I'm going to fast forward because we actually ended up offloading one of those properties and making a, almost like a little flip return on it. Um, and then we ended up buying a couple of properties in central Massachusetts as well. So at the time of this recording, we have 13 doors. That's phenomenal. Now, how do you manage all these? Do you manage it yourself? Do you hire property managers? How do you work all that out? Currently, we're self-managing. And I actually took this out of your playbook. I know you do have a property manager, but having a really solid team in place makes management a piece of cake. Like someone's like, oh, you know, I don't want to be a landlord because I don't want to go fix the sink in the middle of the night, or I don't want to go fix the toilet doesn't flush. It's like, no landlords are really going and doing that. Like those are the really unprofessional landlords. I'm sorry to anyone listening, but please that's, no, that's you're you, right. You're right. Get a system right. in place. Like get a plumber, get an electrician, get a handyman. Just these people should be on your speed dial. Like if someone calls you with an issue on your properties, you shouldn't be running out and going and fixing your sink. Like one, you're probably not the most qualified person to do that. And two, you know, we're investing in this for passive income. We're investing to leverage our time and leverage our money. So having an awesome team in place has made self-management super easy. We've had a few mishaps and, you know, I just call the right people. Like we had a basement flood. I had someone pump out the basement. We had a sump pump replaced. Like we had a few other minor damages replaced, but I didn't even go to the property. Like I just paid other people to do it. And that's kind of the beauty of this whole thing. You got to make sure you have a cash reserve, but once you get the right people in place, it's it's really pretty passive. Oh, totally. And on top of that, when you think about being proactive versus reactive, when you're reactive, you have two options, bad and worse. When you're proactive, you already know who you can call. You have hopefully a few different people you can call if there's a problem. And so with that, they're going to be able to, or you're going to be able to talk to one if that quote doesn't seem right to you because you're an investor. Hopefully you get a lot of this down in your head. Like it should cost this much, but they're asking like, twice as much as it should be. Let me go to another quote. So when you have more options, you're able to run your business well. Now, I personally love property managers, but also I do have a number of properties that I manage myself because a number of different reasons. Number one, it's easy. I know my properties very well. My tenants have been there for a number of years, like, like four or five, six years. They don't really need anything from me, but I still manage it myself because I can. I have plenty of time. But at the same time, if I really wanted to, I already counted for, accounted for those the property manager fees in my numbers before I bought the property. So what's the next step for you in your real estate investing? Obviously, we have all the you know, syndications, which is like multifamily, putting in money in passive income, doing Airbnb. What is your, like, what's your next, let's say, three to five-year goal with your real estate investing? So currently, our Airbnb, which is not in a super hot commercial spot, it's not in a ski town, it's not on the beach, has been killing it. So we've been leaning into that a lot more. We've been really actively looking for Airbnbs because we kind of just like fully launched this one in the beginning of May. And, you know, it's we're recording this in the middle of July now. We already have over five grand in gross revenue and bookings just this month. And, you know, we just started this less than two months ago, which is crazy. We're looking at like a two grand to 2,500 and net profit after all expenses, after mortgage, after cleaners, like these things are printing money compared to what our long-term rentals are doing. So we're going to lean into that for as long as we can. Well, I mean, we'll see. I've never in invested in Airbnb through any type of a downturn and who knows what's going to happen with the market. But I mean, even with interest rates rising, even with inflation hitting hard, we have not seen even a tiny slowdown in our bookings. 
So we've been leaning into that. Like I mentioned before, we actually just signed with a woman who wants us to manage her. We have a lakeside property, her lakeside property. And she's just like, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I just want you guys to take care of it. So we're like, all right, like we don't have to put any money down. We don't have to put any money to rehab. It's already furnished. So yeah, that's kind of the next thing for me over these next couple of years. I think I'm going to continue to expand the Airbnb portfolio as long as it's as profitable as it is. Even though I do like the safety of long-term rentals, like, you know, you're locked in, you have this lease. It's just, we're getting like two to three X what we're getting in terms of gross revenue that we would with a long-term rental. Man, I love that. I personally like to have about 20% of my portfolio in short-term, 80% long-term, because I just love that consistent cash. But I also love making more money on those properties. And the great thing about Airbnb or the short-term rentals is this market has always been there, but it's been taken up by hotels. Like literally, the money's already there and people are spending money on hotels, whereas now it's going to us normal investors, people like us who can buy a house and then list it, which is so much better. Now, with the short-term properties, you're looking at your managing, you're going to be managing somebody else's property now too. Is that a lot more work or are you finding it's not that bad? Talk to us a bit about managing a short-term property as opposed to a long-term. So this goes back to building the right team. So we actually ended up teaming up with me and my fiance, Lauren, who we, we own all of those long-term rentals together. We teamed up with my childhood friend who is now our realtor and her now husband. So she actually owns a cleaning company. Like she has a ton of commercial clients. She has like a roster of 15 cleaners. So she is already a rock star when it comes to that, which is the hardest part of Airbnb is managing cleaners. So basically all we've done is we just set up the backend systems. I'm, I'm good at setting up websites and marketing and just accounting and all that stuff. So I've kind of just like got all that backend system on autopilot. She has her cleaning business on basically autopilot. So honestly for us, and I get, I think this is because it was such a strategic partnership. It's not that much more work. Like it's, it's really not the cleaners are just getting notifications that they need to be there. They send pictures. And if there's an issue that comes up fine, um, the cleaners will take care of it or whoever's going to the property will take care of it. But I mean, yes, it's a lot more turnover. People are in there, you know, for a weekend instead of a year or five years, but you're making two to three X revenue. And if you have, again, going back to systems, I feel like this is going to sound like a broken record. If you have the right systems in place, it's really not that hard to keep up with. Totally. And I would absolutely be fine with you beating that dead horse of systems and people (laughs) and processes in place, because that's really what makes the average investor, actually, I'll say the mom, and so it separates the mom and pop investor who are doing it all themselves to investors like us, who actually are employing other people, giving them good things that they can do, like, you know, a job for them to do or uh, contracting work so that they can provide for their families. And they love doing that, which is fine. We want them to do it. And so we offload it off ourselves. Now, one, uh, you, I'm sure you already know this, but for everybody listening and, and for you, Cody, one small tip I would give is when you're buying these Airbnb and if you're going to be buying the next and the next and the next and keep growing, it's fantastic. But also as best as you can, try to make sure that just in case there is a downturn or if there's another Hopefully no another coronavirus where it shuts down everything and you have to get refunds and now you nobody's traveling. Try to make sure that you can actually also in, uh, rent it out as long-term or maybe possibly even like midterm where it's like, you know, traveling nurses that who actually have to do it, have to move around. But yeah, try to make sure that you can, if all worst case you know, scenario happens, you can rent it out in long-term. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's definitely smart. And I, I did do that as well. I, again, I'm I'm taking pages out of your book, Dustin. I, <laughs> I know all the tips and tricks, but yeah, I mean, just to give you some real numbers on this one for listeners who are curious about like what this looks like and how we would cash flow if this was long-term rental. So we bought this lakeside property for 275K. 
we put, you know, obviously we had to furnish it. We put some rehab work into it. I think all in, we're just over 300 when all was said and done in terms of the purchase price. And just this past month, I mean, even in just in July, 2022, when we're recording this, our bookings, again, the month hasn't ended. So we haven't been paid out for all of them yet, are just shy of $6,000 in July. Our total property expenses with everything is $2,500. So, I mean, just with the long-term rental, I mean, short-term rental, sorry, we have a $3,500 profit margin right now, which is crazy. Now, you know, let's say the worst case scenario happens, like you said, Dustin, and they just shut down Airbnb. You know, there's some crazy monkeypox goes viral or whatever (laughs) other crazy diseases come up. Who knows? The comps in the area are anywhere between $2,500 and $3,000 for a long-term rental on a lakefront property like that. So even in the worst case scenario, I mean, even if on the lower spectrum, like we're looking at $2,500, that is our total monthly expenses, like all in. And that's actually with cleaners. So it'd be even lower. With cleaners, uh, short, yeah, yeah. short term, you have a lot more expenses. So it should exactly. be less than that. If you're so probably like 2000. So we even have that much of a buffer where, you know, even if we that's could great. get say $3,000 right now, if prices depress, rental prices depress by 33%, we'd still be okay. And we break even. So we definitely have considered that, but yeah, I just thought that'd be helpful giving people like a real numbers example of how this works out. Absolutely. So with all the investing that you've done, what lessons have you learned through this process? Because we all don't do everything perfectly right. And we do hopefully learn. I've learned actually more from my failures than I do from my successes. So what lessons can you share with us? Well, one, if you're an entrepreneur listening, make sure that your lender fully understands your financial picture before you go and try to get a house hack, an FHA loan, or any kind of owner-occupied property with a conventional loan, because it's not so easy. And, you know, I kind of went in blind hoping that it would all work out. And I'd heard all these people, you know, house hacking, it was hot, like read all these books and it just unfortunately didn't work out for the time that I was trying to do it for my specific situation. So that was one huge lesson that I learned. Um, Another lesson that I learned, and I think I learned this from my mom who has been doing Airbnb before this was she's like, be the most vicious tenant screener ever. Like don't, ever take someone's word that they're a good person or any excuse right up front because it's just going to be a nightmare for you later on. So we were like, okay, you need a 700 credit score. You need this, you need that. We need to see pay stubs, like bank statements, all this crazy stuff, but it's given us really good tenants. Like we haven't had, we have a, we had a few issues with some tenants, but we haven't really had any serious issues. Everyone's paid rent on time. I know people that weren't getting rent for like 18 months during COVID, which is crazy. But, you know, I think because we were so vicious with the screening process, which sounds horrible, you know, from if someone listening, um, thinking that landlords are bad people. Diligent probably, could be another word. Dil- diligent, maybe not vicious. <laughs> Thank you, Dustin. Diligent, a very diligent screening process. It's honestly, there, there's nothing more valuable than that, especially, well, mostly when it comes to long-term rentals. Because a lot of people I've heard that have gotten scared away from long-term rentals, they're like, you know, we tried it. We had these nightmare tenants and they ruined the place. They weren't paying rent. I give up. But it's because, you know, going back to the systems thing, they didn't have a system for screening tenants. They didn't have any kind of a credit check or background check or all the, you know, all the checks and balances that you need for someone that's going to be living in your property for the next, who knows how many years. So that was another big lesson for us as well. Now you are 
definitely an expert when it comes to financial independence. In fact, you have a podcast called The Fi Show, The Financial Independence Show. Is there some, like, if you could help us give us perspective, because the people that listen to Master Passive Income, we know that we want financial independence and our route, our medium to get there is real estate investing, which there are many other ways in general. That's why I love the Successfully Unemployed Show where I, I had you on there as well, which it was, that was a fantastic episode in itself. So hopefully I'll be remembered to put a link into that show so everybody can listen to that one because you just knocked out of the park in that one. Now, with your understanding of financial independence, everything you've done through your show, the podcast, uh, the Fi Show, is there any wisdom or any advice that you can give somebody as we're leaning towards financial independence? We already started investing and maybe we need to start getting more income, but like, what type of advice can you give us with financial independence? Well, with real estate specifically, what I really like about it and why I was so drawn to it is because you can hit what's called cash flow financial independence. So a lot of you who are familiar with the financial independence movement, a lot of people will say, you know, I need to save up and reach my nest egg number, or I need to hit my financial independence number, which basically means that you have some kind of a goal. Let's say you're spending $40,000 a year right now. So in order to hit the 4% rule or the 25X rule, however you want to do the math, you need a million dollars invested in the stock market. That's like the quote unquote traditional way to hit financial independence. You have, you save up 25X of your annual expenses and, you know, by compound interest and just all the, the power of math, you're pretty much set for the rest of your life as long as your annual spending doesn't change. So that's like the traditional method, but with real estate and with other passive income methods, you can actually hit financial independence a lot faster via the cash flow method. So instead of you know waiting till you have a million dollars saved up, if you're someone who's spending forty thousand dollars a year, maybe you just get a couple cash flowing rental properties that have you know solid margins. You've done all the homework on them, even if rental prices depressed by twenty five percent, like you're still okay. Maybe with that, you only need $200,000 or $250,000 of capital down because of the power of leverage. You know, we've been talking about getting mortgages and loans with the power of leverage. If used responsibly, you can multiply those results much faster. So someone who might take 15 years to save up that million dollars invested in the stock market, someone might be able to knock that out in four or five years via real estate because of the power of leverage. And yeah, so if done correctly, you can definitely hit financial independence a lot faster with real estate, but you're just going to be careful. I know, you know, we've talked about this, making sure you have a really healthy gap between those income and those expenses, not just on the personal side, but with your properties as well. Yeah, totally. And if you guys remember, Cody explained that just one property of his in one month is going to be bringing in close to $3,500. Now that's also, you have the entire year, hopefully you know, keep that going, but there are off seasons and stuff like that. But just one property at $3,500 a month for that first month, that's a fantastic amount of income. If your expenses are, let's say $4,000, you just need one other property and you're already there. And at the same time, like it, like Cody is absolutely right. We do put in safeguards in place, making sure you have an emergency fund, make sure you have more money coming in above and beyond what your actual expenses are, lots of things like that. So, Matt, Cody, this is awesome. Now, I know, at least I would recommend everybody check out the FI show. So tell us where people can find you and how they can reach out to you online. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast, you'll probably enjoy listening to more financial independence talk, not real estate specific, but we do have a lot of real estate guests on there at the FI show. And actually, I do have a passive income ebook I could dish out to your audience if they want to check out. Like, I have some real estate stuff in there, as long along with digital products and investing. You can grab that for free at codydberman.com/ebook. One more time, say it again. It's codydberman.com/ebook, and that's slash free. E-book. Just yep, and you can go download that for free and learn about my three big passive income strategies, which is the three I just mentioned. 
And on top of that, I would say check out Cody's Instagram because he's putting out so much. Like I'm like on Instagram and I see it. Dude, Cody's like prolific with teaching people how to invest and how to have passive income through his Instagram. It's awesome. So Cody, what's your Instagram? That's at Cody D Berman. Yeah. I just hired a video editor recently. I just been pumping out content because I don't know. It just, I, it lights me up helping other people. And now that I've hit financial independence on a year the same way, I mean, that's why we both have podcasts at this point. It's not like they're making us rich or, you know, we're retired because of podcasts. It's because we want to help people. And that's why I've, I've been investing a ton in social media. Quite honestly, it's just like, I have so many friends who ask me these one-on-one questions and then I'll just write it down on my phone and my notes. And I'm like, this is going to make a fantastic video. And now, you know, tens of thousands of people can see instead of just, just one person I want to have a conversation with. So it's been a lot of fun. Totally. And Cody, I love that you're at, I, I was going to actually wrap up the show, but there's one thing I want to say that you're at the point now and only at 26 years old. In fact, you started at 22 being able to quit your job. And so in life, we want to have, we want to leave legacies behind. And one legacy that we want in our life is a money legacy, having enough money to buy and do whatever we want. That one leads into a time legacy, having enough time to go wherever we want, do whatever we want with the money leading into the time. From there, a relationship legacy. So money leads into time. Time then leads into relationships where you're building in your family and your friends and your service of other people like your community and all that sort of stuff. And the last one is the service legacy. So money leads into time. Time leads to relationships. Relationships leads in the service of other people. And so when you're serving other people, like you said, just helping other people, I found once you get to this point, it makes life so much more joyful, even easier in a sense, because you've already worked so hard getting those other legacies put in place that now we can then serve other people. And now, Cody, guys like us, investors like us, we make more money if we serve more people and we realize that. So we try to figure out how can we just serve more people because not just making more money for us, that's great. But at the same time, we don't necessarily need a lot of money. It's just not, it's just, it's, it's not what drives guys like us, you know, investors like us, what drives us is serving people. And so I love that you are already at the stage of service, having a service legacy. And that's one thing that you and I have huge in common is that we just love to serve as many people as possible. So Cody, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I hope people got value from this episode. I hope they come check me out and good luck to all you investors out there. And everybody go get his free ebook on passive income and listen to the Fi show. All right, guys, we'll see you. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching. Get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya. See ya.